Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now comics was um as a kid i grew up uh with the uh with batman and uh although i didn't read batman comics i was mainly into batman with the the movies and uh the the animated series Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and then uh you know grew up watching and also grew up watching the uh the x-men animated series so i really loved x-men and uh, it kind of grew, uh, grew from there with a lot of the other superhero stuff, mainly in television and and film. Uh, didn't really start reading comics until I would say probably the late two thousands, um, right around the time when I was getting out of college. Uh, I started uh, reading a lot of Marvel, uh, reading quite a bit of Marvel, a little bit of DC. Uh, started to uh, read some old Batman stories and. Read uh, quite a bit of um, a little bit of Iron Man, a little bit of uh, Captain America, and um, read quite a bit of uh, also quite a bit of Miss Marvel too. Back when it was still Carol Danvers as Miss Marvel, and back when she was uh, actually a, 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 a actually decently written character and likable character, and was uh, nice to look at, unlike she is today. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that's. Uh, that's mainly my my focus with uh, with comics. Was there uh, one story or or arc back then that just stood out to you that was like you read it like over and over again? You know, I, I, as much as people uh, kind of give it some grief, I actually enjoyed the Civil War story arc, the first one um, with with Cap and Iron Man. I actually, I thought that was uh, it. It kind of ended on a whimper. But I overall, yeah. I I enjoyed it for the most part. 
that's that's the one thing with uh, both Marvel and DC. Usually, their big event stories, for the most part, will launch off with uh, with a bang, and they're like, "Oh, we kind of painted ourselves into a corner. What do we do now?" Yeah, yeah, and then it, yeah, and then it kind of just, you know, yeah, and then it just kind of fizzles out. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it ends up having, you know, all the plot of a pornography movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, who in, you know, all the time that you've been doing this now, uh, did you look to, like, most for influences writing-wise? Writing-wise, I looked at, actually mainly looked at, at manga. Um, with uh, with Ghost in the Shell, I'm, I'm trying to remember his name. Um but uh, I, I mo- most of my writing was influenced by manga, like Ghost in the Shell, like Battle Angel Alita, that the those sorts of stories. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's just kind of you know that that sort of uh, that bridge between um, humanity and and tech. Um, you know, since because my my comic book is very much a cyber cyberpunk story, so you know. I would say that's the main influences there are different cyberpunk, uh, cyberpunk stories. Yeah. I was, uh, I was a big fan of, uh, ghost of Michelle when it came out, but I had been bitten already by like, you know, the Akira bug and, uh, Ninja scroll and, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, I, I got into that, uh, blade of the immortal and, you know, different things like that so it was like you know i'd go from like straight samurai into you know like almost like a robotech kind of situation so yeah yeah there's there's something for everybody in manga and well you know they outsell everybody so you know what are you gonna do yeah yeah exactly yeah you you have one manga that's outselling the the top 20 comic books and (laughs) you know Bazooka. Yeah. <laughs> Every time somebody mentions that book, all I, all I can think of is uh, Jay and Silent Bob where they get the German kid to yell Berserker. <laughs> That's all I can think of every time I hear that title. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'd like to get those books. Um, uh, a friend of mine quit comics like cold and got sick of like all the crap that's going on in you know mainstream it's it's not about it's not about the comics or the uh you know the art the story or anything it's about uh what book can we drive up in the market this week to make everybody buy it so it'll store and then we can go and sell like our 100 copies for a massive profit for yeah, you know, I want to be able to, you know, buy something that I can, you know, read and enjoy, and you know, not have to worry about whether or not that, you know, I have to, you know, try to chase a copy down on on eBay or wait for like the second or third print to come around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I, uh, 
And I would, de I definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it is, it can be frustrating sometimes when you, you know, you want to read, there's a comic book that you want and you can't find it. And then it's, you know, yeah. Yeah. Especially, uh, especially something like, uh, a good example, I guess, would be uh, the last Ronin with ninety-nine variant covers, and you nobody could find a, a single copy of like you know issue one unless you like pre-ordered it like three months in advance or something. Yeah, yeah, it's not. I wouldn't necessarily. I would say that that's probably not the best way to uh, to sell a book. I mean, I get, I get the uh, you know having scarcity and or, or having a, a limited run or or what have you, but if it's if it's something you want people reading and it's something you want people to keep buying and be a continuous thing, I, I think that to me that's that's probably a better way to go to go about it, especially if it's you know if, if you want it to be like a timeless classic. Yeah, it's. I mean, I ended up getting a third print of number one, and I finally got around to sitting down and reading it. It was fantastic, but. A good majority of the people that got these copies, you get like uh, you get like half those people are like diehard Turtles fans, and they buy multiple copies of every single issue, uh -huh. and and like the thirty-seven covers every month, or you know, have a book come in great, you know, pre-graded and all this other crap, uh, but. You know, to pull in to pull in new fans. Like I haven't read Turtles since like the original run. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, the cartoon. Oh, they made it kitty. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not it's not violent and bloody and gory anymore. I'm all set. Yeah. You know, so I had you know I didn't actually buy the book. A friend of mine used to you know collect it religiously. So you know we'd hang out at his house like once a week, and I'd be like. uh you got any new turtles to read? Will you play a video game? Yeah, sure, yeah. And I read him. I goes, but the thing I go it was great. He goes, why don't you buy it? I go, because the money I save buying this, I can buy a different book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, usually the best way. And you know, when you're 16, you got to think a little bit outside the box. Mm How? -hmm. How yeah. am I going to spread this five or ten dollars a week I got and and spend it all on comics? Well, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what uh, what festered the idea for uh, for this book, and uh, what made you take the the leap to jump in and actually make your own comic? So, uh, originally I had intended to be a novelist, um, and not, and, um, I will say, uh, Angel's Awakening was, um, not the novel I was working on. The, the novel I was working on is actually the next book that I have, uh, planned that I'm going to be, that's going to be in the works here pretty soon. Um, and I, I wanted to, you know, as I was writing that story out, it kind of dawned on me that like, well, you know, I've got these characters that are kind of like superheroes and 
well, kind of a cross between superhero, well, superheroes and maybe the X Men. Although I guess you could say X Men are superheroes, but um, they uh, and you know, I I thought as I was you know writing it, I thought, well, you know, maybe this will work better as a comic book. And this was right around the time comics comics gates started to blow up, and um, and I remember, and I and I. I haven't mentioned this story before, but I think I guess I'll again mention it here. Uh, in uh, fall of 2019, so just a few months before the world blew up or you know almost came you know came to a screeching halt, uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was on vacation with my parents and we were out having dinner, and I was thinking about turning it into a comic book and I, I talked it over with them and they thought it was a great idea. And, and, you know, cause my mother actually read comic books when she was in college. Uh, it was, that was like her only form of entertainment when she was in college was, was, uh, were comic books. And, uh, and she said, uh, you know, she thought it was a great idea. My father thought it was a great idea. So I thought, okay, well I'll, I'll jump into it and started adapting it. And, and, one of the things that happened was I had with one of the characters, I was developing her backstory and cause her backstory is tied in kind of tied into the main character of the other stories of the other story I was working on back, you know, part of his story. And I was creating that, you know, kind of that connection. And I thought that seems like a really cool idea for us for a comic book or, you know, just like a short, you know, kind of like a um, you know quasi one shot story, and uh, that's that that character was of course Jessica Sawyer, and the story ended up being Angels Awakening. Well, uh, for one thing, uh, your parents rock because most people if they said, well, you know, I, I've been working on this book, and, you know, a couple of different novel ideas and. I kind of like to watch, make a comic book. And then, you know, it's like, we sent you to college for this. What's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. You know, kind, of like, yeah. kind of like when a lawyer quits, like uh, the late uh, Greg Giraldo, when he, when he quit his law practice to go do stand-up comedian work. Yeah. It's like, why would you give up a seven-figure salary to go and insult and tell jokes? Well, because it's more fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I, I have some really uh, amazing and supportive parents who they've been, you know, uh, you know, with my writing endeavors, they've been very supportive. They've, they've said, you know, you know, how, how, whatever you want to do, we'll, you know, we'll support you however we can. So it's, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard. Yeah. That's very cool to have parents that are, that are pro comic book. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, I, I think part of their thought process too is as long as I'm doing something, mm-hmm. and and I'm not you know I'm not being a mooch and I'm not you know I'm I'm living my own life. They're they're happy. So at least he's being productive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my my mother. Thought that like my mother was supportive of of comics uh, to an extent with me uh, because uh, when you're younger, your parents are always trying to get you to read. Mm-hmm. And at young ages, we don't want to read. We want to go out and play ball or you know, you know, play with our toys. And I grew 
I, I grew up in the seventies and as, as a, as a little kid and, uh, you know, I wanted to play with my, my superhero figures and, you know, army men, we wanted to, you know, play soccer and dodgeball and, uh, build very dangerous ramps to jump our bikes off of and then wonder why we broke a leg afterwards or something like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. As, as long as I was good and I did my chores, my mother would buy me one, sometimes two comics on a Sunday morning when we would walk up to the, uh, the pharmacy, the, uh, the pharmacy up the street, uh, when they used to be owned by like families and stuff before CBS, you know, overgrew everybody and printed up 32 foot long uh receipts for like a pack of gum and stuff yeah <laughs> and you know they had the spinner rack like in the middle of the store so i get you know i got the i get the chew stuff and i get to i get to actually get some pretty cool books and you know i bought uh peter parker spectacular spider-man number one off the spinner rack when i was a kid wow uh, and now I'd like to get that book back, but I, I don't want to pay that much money for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I think, uh, a lot of, uh, there are a lot of people out there, I'm sure who had like all the, you know, all the old comic books, but then, you know, they, their, their parents threw them out or, or, you know, they sold them or whatever. And they're like, Oh, I really wish I had that back. <laughs> Yeah. Well, when, when I was younger and I was in trouble, my mother used to love, cause I would cringe like something fierce. Cause she would tell me the story, you know, about when she was a, she was a kid, uh, right when DC started up, Oh, she was born in 33. So she was, you know, she had all the original, she had, you know, action comics, number one, and Detective 37, and Batman number one, and Wonder Woman number one, and uh, had all those, but uh, apparently my great-great-great-grandmother thought they were evil, satanic things, and and shredded them and threw them away. (laughs) Oh, So, of course, I would cringe and, you know, five-year-old me would be like on the verge of tears crying because you know the first appearance of superman and batman got shredded by my crazy great-grandmother and uh, and i'm like oh man yeah yeah geez so i mean uh my daughter's 13 now i got her into comics way back when (coughs) it was it was like my my nerd pop culture training (laughs) you know so she she knows she used to know like you know just about every character from like some of the main brands and uh you know stuff you know characters from like image and and dynamite and stuff like that but uh of course she was a little girl so yes i had to add my little pony to my pull list and yeah and and she's got like a a half a you know she's got like a three quarters of a long box of my little pony Along with you know, regular like you know, good kid friendly you know, comic books. A lot of a lot of like indie uh, you know all ages stuff and everything like that. Uh, and now and now she's into manga and she's drawing. All she wanted for her birthday was a 
was a new art app for her iPad and and she got it. Now, uh, her letting me see anything she draws, that's another story altogether. But, uh, you know, I've seen a couple of things and I'm like, did you just copy and paste that from another page and, you know, use use the paint program on it? And go, no, I drew it. I'm like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, now if I can convince her to start doing sketch covers, I can monetize my child. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. <laughs> free like, labor. <laughs> free labor. I go, hey, why don't you draw this picture there? Nah, come on, please. I'll buy ice cream. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, she's into it. Her older sister uh, bought her uh, a couple of uh, – grabbed them. I think, I think like five below had them, like, you know, how to, how to draw manga, like a few different – how to draw manga books, you know, yeah. characters, aliens, spaceships, all kinds of stuff like that. So, uh, you know, she's been, she's been doing that in her off time. She'll just go sit out on the porch and, you know, grab her phone and her iPad and just sit there and draw. Huh. You know, so I'm like, good. I don't have to worry about her for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and for that time when boys start coming around, uh, I just grab a shotgun shell and toss it towards them and be like, okay, they come faster after 10 o'clock and, and, you know, just move on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> sounds, uh, that sounds like my older brother. Oh. <laughs> he's kind of, kind of the same. He's kind of, kind of taking the same approach with his, with my niece, you know, just, she's a little younger, but, uh, but yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, 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 uh, he really dotes on her. Yeah, my uh, I'm I'm really good friends with uh, my co- my cousin's husband, and they they've got two daughters, and their oldest daughter is like 16 now and driving, and mm. you know has a boyfriend. So uh, last Christmas, I sent him a T-shirt that says, "I have a gun, a shovel, and an alibi." <laughs> I like it. <laughs> You know, so it's like, you know, guns don't kill people. People with beautiful daughters kill people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, tell tell us about uh, your lead character and uh, all, you know, what you what you thought of while you were going through, you know, development and backstory. So, so Jessica Sawyer is a, um, she's a a psychic spy with, uh, her, her psychic ability is teleportation. Uh, she got that ability, uh, I, I'm trying not to spoil too much from the book, but, uh, the, the, her powers are artificial and, uh, she didn't get them through, it wasn't really by choice that she got it because she, uh, she was an orphan. Uh, she lived in her, uh, in this big mega city, um, in the, you know, hundred years in the future. And she, uh, you know, was an orphan lived mostly on the streets and, uh, she survived by being a thief, uh, you know, breaking into, you know, different, uh, excuse me, different stores and stuff. And, uh, until she gets caught and then she, she, 
gets into this uh, this program to create artificial psychics, and that's how she gets her powers. Um, and then, uh, so that's when I was, you know, writing the other story, I was kind of developing that backstory uh, for her. And then, um, you know, kind of like giving her, you know, at, at first when I was uh, creating her, like she didn't have powers. She was just kind of a, like a James Bond-esque super spy. And, you know, I, I was kind of, well, you know James Bond a little bit, but also like you know a little bit with like uh, Mrs. Peel from the Avengers, uh, not Marvel's Avengers, but the you know the yeah. British yeah Avengers, and um, and also a little little bit of Black Widow in there too. Um, and obviously her her suit design is is was a little bit inspired by Black Widow, although you know we it was one of the things I worked on with with my artist Bogdan uh, was trying to make her more look more distinct and less like Black Widow. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, you know, uh, you know, and she was basically just going to be, uh, kind of a sidekick sort of, um, you know, I, I, uh, compared it to like the, the two characters, I kind of compared it to, you know, it was like Buck Rogers and she was going to be like Wilma Deering, but as I was developing her character, I liked her too much. And so I wanted her to have her own, her own, uh, adventures her own story or in her own arc uh if you will so uh but yeah that that was um mainly what where that came from and also when i was getting i was getting a lot of different art commissions done of her and i just you know love the you know love the way that she looked and everything and so i'm like okay i need to put her in a comic book (laughs) oh definitely yeah so uh this is your first project, right? Correct. Yes. And uh, you did the creation and the writing. Did you do any of the art or layouts I, or anything? I did zero art. <laughs> I did. I, 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 uh, I, I can draw stick figures. That's it. Um, well, you're you know. one step above me already. <laughs> well, uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, um, the, the script was just, I mean, I, I tried to be as, as descriptive as possible with how I wanted the, each panel to look uh, and on each page and what was going to happen on there for uh, for Bogdan to draw it. Cause, and Bogdan did everything. I mean, he did he did the pencils, he did the inks, and he did the colors. And, uh, I, and that's one of the things I was very fortunate with with this book was not only having an incredibly talented artist, but also multi-talented as well. Because, you know, he, you know, most artists, they can do the pencils and inks, but they can't do colors or, you know, they can just do pencils, but they can't do inks, you know, or what have you. And, um, you know, and, and so I was really lucky. I really lucked out, you know, getting Bogdan on board. And how did uh, how did you two uh, end up meeting and getting uh, this project underway? Uh, we met. Um, we actually met through uh, Micah Curtis, uh, who's he's another. I, I'm sure you've heard of him. He's you know he's he's been all over. He's he's been a part of uh, Comicscape from the very beginning. Yeah, and uh, he uh, I, I'm I've been in his audience for a few years um, and. Uh, I was watching one of Micah's live streams and I guess he and Bogdan had known each other for a little while. And, uh, the two of them are actually, uh, decided they were going to work on a book together. Um, that's 
a forthcoming book pretty soon. It's actually going to be a Dracula story, and uh, which kind of fits for Bogdan because he's Romanian. So you got a Romanian artist doing a doing a Dracula story. Um, but uh, it'll be legit. Yes, yes, it'll be <laughs> legit. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, but yeah. Then um, I started following him on Twitter, and then we started DMing, and I was telling him, you know, about the character. I was telling him about Jessica, and you know, we started working on some concept designs for her. And, um, and I kind of, I, I was looking, there was another artist I was looking at to do the book, but um, I, he, he was, he was very talented, but I really don't, didn't really get a sense that he uh, knew what I was looking for. So, um, and then you know, I started talking to Bogdan and I said, well, you know, it'd be really cool if you could work on my, on this book with me. And he said, yeah, I'd love to. And I'm like, and, so we were, we were off to the races that at that point, and this was, you know, not quite a year ago, you know, this was like late July, early, early August of 2020. And, uh, we just, you know, got it together and, and I sent him the script and he liked it and we, you know, he started working on it. How soon was it before he, uh, before he got the first page, uh, sent over to you so you could see what it, you know, what he had done and what you thought and everything. Oh, like three, maybe four days. Wow. Yeah. He, um, he, uh, unfortunately, you know, like, like a lot of people, uh, Bogdan, uh, lost his job, uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so in 2020, he was a full-time artist. So he was able to devote a lot of time to, to drawing and working on comic books. So it was, you know, fairly quick turnaround uh, as far as the book was concerned, you know, it, with each page. And and this funded over the weekend, right? Because I think I was there. Yeah, yeah, you were there. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, uh, it it reached the funding goal on, on Saturday, yeah. And yeah, because we were talking, because I must have been like in and out of like seven different streams today. And uh, Pops ran uh, his regular Monday show and then kicked off uh, the, uh, the show with Piper uh, early, earlier tonight, too. And it was just, you know, it was, it was just crazy because we were talking. He was, how many people are broke after CromCon? I'm like, uh, me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I would imagine there are a lot of people like, oh, oh, that's a good book. That's a good book. Oh, that's good. Shit, I don't have any money. <laughs> well, sadly, I had money. Uh, oh, but I was also, you know, you you think of like certain books, and you get to know the creator, and you know, or the artist on the book, and you're like. I really like I really like this person. They're really cool. Their work is amazing, and I want to read this book. Yeah, and I I don't want to read a digital file. I want the book book. Yeah. So, uh, there were there were only a couple days left, and I got uh, I got a I ordered my copy of uh, Criminals from Six Five Six. Uh, and uh, only death can save us from uh, Russ Leach, and that's coming. 
that's coming the way of the UK. So, and he said, that's going out in the mail today. And I actually, I actually backed two others, like, I hate to say on a whim, but you know, mm. I was like the little kid that's going through the grocery grocery line with his mom and sees the candy bars at the register yeah, and tries to sneak in a Reese's peanut butter cup to his jacket. Yeah. That, yeah. that was me. I'm like, Oh, and, <laughs> and then I checked, I, I went and checked the balance on one credit card. I go, Ooh, $5 and 40 cents. Not oh. good. <laughs> I went, and, I went and checked the other one. I'm like, uh, 140. Oh, I, I, I can back two more projects and still have money in case something happens that I need to buy, Yeah, <laughs> you know, in case I got to, <clears throat> in case I got to get like a prescription or something. I'm like, uh, okay, I have emergency money and you know, I'm looking around and a couple other projects. I go, Oh man, I want to get on that project. New check on Thursday. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, oh. it, the 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 one that gets me is my car. Like, I I I I drive an old car. Like, I my my car is is like fourteen years old, and it's got one hundred twenty thousand miles on it. And it's so like something goes wrong with it, and it's like oh, you know, and it's it's also it, it, it's a fairly nice you know. It's well, okay. It, it's a BMW. I'll, I'll just say that I, I, it's a it's, it's an old BMW. So okay, I no, I no longer feel sorry for you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, um, but it, it's um, but that's the thing. Like, if something you know breaks down on that thing, it's you know going to be at, you know at least you know five hundred, six hundred dollars. To, to replace a, a whatever, you know, it's, uh, and that's just the labor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. That that's the killer is the labor. Yeah. The parts, parts don't really cost all, all that much. It's just, yeah, it's, it's mostly just the labor. Uh, a lot of things <laughs> with cars, uh, you know, unless, unless it's, you know, like, you know, a timing chain or, uh, you know, breaks a transmission, uh, anything else you want to, you can, you can find any number of videos that can teach you how to do a million and one things to a car that won't put your life in danger. Mm -hmm. Uh, I never mess around with brakes, even though, you know, my whole family goes, nah, you don't pay them. You do it yourself. You know, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where, where you going? You go, I'm going to the garage. So I can watch somebody do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I um, I, I'm ashamed to admit I have no idea how to how to change the oil, the uh, oil in a car. I have no idea how to do that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a typical millennial. <laughs> God, you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's you know it's 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 pretty simple. You just you have to buy a, a an oil wrench filter the right size for your car. Well, the oil wrench filters are like adjustable, like basically adjustable steel bands. Uh -huh. So it's like tightening a belt around the filter. Um, it's a little more to it than that, but you know, yeah. that that's, you know, that's basically it. Uh, 
you, uh, the first thing you do, you know, you gotta, you gotta lift the front of the car up and underneath the engine, the oil pan is the lowest thing to the ground, basically under the hood. And there'll be, there'll be a plug there that you, you know, take a wrench and you unscrew and it'll basically, the, the car will pee into a pan. Uh, and what, you know, once, once it's all drained out, uh, you put the plug back in, you take the old filter out, uh, you get the new filter and then you gotta, you gotta fill up the filter. I don't believe I'm, I'm doing a uh, shop class on, on a comic book stream. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you kind of like fill up the filter, like you put it upside down and you, you pour a bunch of oil into it so it can seep into the filter. And then you just basically screw the, you know, screw the filter on by hand and then you tighten it up with the wrench and, and fill up the oil, you know, where you usually add oil to, uh, to the car under the hood. Today at NASCAR at home. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, how long? Uh, how long a campaign did you go on this? Uh, I did uh, sixty days. Did you do sixty straight, or did you do, uh, you know, twenty-five and then extend? I did. I did sixty straight. Yeah, sixty straight. Yeah. Uh, Which now I only you- found it. I only found this out today, but apparently if you do like a couple of weeks and then you extend it to 60, you kind of like trigger the uh, Indiegogo algorithm and it kind of like pushes you further up towards the top of the list. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, uh, I'll, I'll admit I, I bungled that a little bit with because um, I was on uh, I was on John Malin's uh, stream once and he he told me he was like yeah you need to do like 30 and then 30 you know do it for 30 days and then because yeah, you get a bump at the end of the first 30 and then you do another 30 and you get another bump because that, that that seems to be like you get a bump at the beginning of the campaign and then there's just like a dead time and then mm-hmm. you get another bump at the end well if your campaign takes off like a like a rocket at the beginning It'll it'll stay up there, kind of like when uh, when that happens on Kick, Kickstarter does uh, projects we love or Kickstarters we love, whatever they call it. Uh, so if it's like a like if you know when Monty Moore launches a campaign, uh, it funds in like you know two hours or something. Mm-hmm. So obviously that's a Kickstarter they love because they just guaranteed to make a whole bunch of money like real quick. Um, but, uh, there's, there's nothing over there, uh, like, you know, that like Indiegogo does with the, you know, you can't extend, uh, your campaign like another 30 days. You can't, uh, you know, keep it open, uh, in that store function, uh, you know, to have it on demand. Right. You know, that's. That's some of the stuff I, I like better about Indiegogo. Some of the things I don't like better is as soon as you hit that pledge button, your money is gone. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's um it's always uh, you know, a little bit of a, a little nerve wracking. Yeah, when you yeah, when when you uh make a make a, a yeah, you 
get a get a tier on a campaign it's like am i actually going to get this book or is this just gonna you know is this you know or is it just going to kind of fade away yeah a lot a lot of the uh I don't know. Most of the campaigns I, uh, up until recently, most of the campaigns that I backed were, uh, had started on Kickstarter oh. and, and went to Indiegogo and a bunch of them, you know, I didn't have, I, I was like, you know, tapped for money, uh, for, for things that I actually needed and, you know, stuff for my, for my daughter and all. And, uh, I'm like, well, I, I got no money to play around with for, for a month or so. And I would, you know, talk to that person and be like, so uh, when you wrap your Kickstarter, you're going to you're going to do a second chance campaign over an Indiegogo. Right. Uh, right. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the guys, one of the guys that did that and I backed um, got distracted and uh, sent me the wrong order. Like, oh. Like three quarters of it wasn't there, but oh. I I know the guy personally, so I would you know I met I messaged him. I go, hey, get the packaging. Oh, great! How do you like it? I go, oh, if my order was in there, I'd like it more. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what didn't I send you? I go, well, you sent me the art book that the campaign was for, but the art book the 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 series that predated that. That was, you know, where the art for the art book came from was from this prior comic series that he did back in the 90s. I go, uh, none of those books were there. And I got this, this, and this. And I got one of these when I ordered the whole lot. Uh, but you sent me this, 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 and this. He goes, well, you keep all that and I'll just send the other stuff. So, like, you know, like three days later, I had, I had like everything. Uh. And then I quit complaining because I still haven't read everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got a few um, I, I've got a few in, uh, uh, Indiegogo Comicscape books that I I still need to read. Um, one, one well one of the books I'm going to read right away is um, uh, How to Die. I don't know if you heard of that one, um, but uh, uh, Bogdan was the artist on that book. So I kind I kind of need to read that one first. You, you kind of have to buy that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I read you the book. Can we get to work on issue two now? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it is. The thing is, too, there. You know, I thought there was too much to choose from when you would just walk into, you know, a comic shop prior to. Uh, the coof, uh-huh. and and now I'm 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 learning that oh man, I'm I'm getting like a little jittery because there there you there's no way you can choose between you know this book and that book between all the indie stuff that get shipped to stores and then all the indie stuff that you get from Indiegogo and Kickstarter. There's just so much stuff. It's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, 
yeah the 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 market has been sufficiently flooded and uh it's um you know it's, it's it, as a as a creator you kind of have to find a way to stand out from from the others so that you can be seen and not get lost in the in the shuffle lost in the flood yeah there's there you know because i mean like i i said it like over the weekend um you know be, before the con even you know before we even wrapped up last night um and uh rj from critical blast had like the last panel and he brought you know he, he brought a bunch of guys over and i'm like you know i'm i'm looking and you know Marcel's got like 37 and a half campaigns all going at the same time. Jeez. And then he, then he, then he, it was three, but you know, it yeah, felt yeah. like, it felt like 37 and a half. Yeah. And you know, so he's got like, you know, he's got two campaigns for the same book, but different issues, both running simultaneously. Ooh. And, an, and another book. Hmm. And then he's like, "No, this is this isn't my. No, I I work like a reg, a real day job too." Oh, jeez! I'm like, when? Yeah, 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 exactly. When do you have time? <laughs> you know. And I was like, there were so there were so many books that I looked at, and I'm like, oh wow, yeah, this is cool. Damn, yeah, I, I, yeah. Have, I have no money. And uh, Jason was there with his uh, with his, uh, you know, cowboy octopus there. Oh. <laughs> and, and I'm just like, I go, okay, the art on this thing is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, I love the colors and the the sci-fi flair, and I'm like, you know, this is this is cool. It's different. I like it. Mm-hmm. Bank account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough because I do these shows three days a week, and. Uh, Unfortunately, I have not won the Powerball, so I cannot back everybody's book. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, something will grab me. You know, I tried to curb myself a little, and then this weekend I just went batshit crazy. Uh, yeah. I was like, I don't want to lose out on that. And uh, Russ Leach's book is going to be reprinted in, in floppy form through arrow comics but you can only get arrow comics if your store gets books from liberty distribution because that's their exclusive distributor and i'm like uh, i'm like uh what, what are the odds that either one of the stores i use are willing to pay another shipping charge uh, like uh, i go no i'll just buy the original from england never mind yeah yeah <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's just crazy. Yeah, yeah. There, there. Um, I think there will have to be at some point where it have to be it get to a point where, <clears throat> where we, where some of us will have to have a store, either and maybe maybe not a maybe not brick and mortar, but but online, where we can sell sell our books and be able to ship them out. 
yeah like uh if you if you take like a a business page like a pro page for your book Mm -hmm. on on say like facebook uh it's built in so after you go through like a million and one you know bs thing setting up the page with them um and linking it to this account or that account um they actually have it built in so you can you can set up a store through your through your pro page on facebook and and you know whatever you sell you can sell it like right through there Mm. you know which is of course a lot better than dealing with feebay or you know anything like that which is why the like the the facebook live auctions like took off like a bat out of hell because like I can I can buy comics. I can buy indie. I I bought like some old '90s indie comics, uh, like three or four weeks ago, for you know, real cheap money. Uh. So you know, I was excited because I used to read these books. You know, uh, when I was younger, like uh, Mike Grell's John Sable Freelance from First Comics back in the '90s. Wow. I bought like the first 40 issues for 20 bucks. That's, that's really good. <laughs> so I'm like, I go, so you're selling all those for 40 bucks. I mean, 20 bucks. He goes, yep. You want them? Yep. Yes. <laughs> 50 cents a book and they're all in, they're all in like, you know, pretty damn good shape. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Even if they were, even if they were read a copies for 50 cents a book. Yeah. It's worth 50 cents to read a book. Yeah, you know, I'll I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with especially now that like I think what how much is a floppy now? Like five dollars, a new one. Oh, uh-huh. well, it depends. Uh, five five ninety nine <clears throat> to nine bucks. Oh, so six to nine dollars. Jeez. Now here's the thing. I'll go. I'll go into. Uh, I'll wheel myself into the into my you know local comic shop, and I'll look and I'll be like, cool. And I'll see all kinds of stuff popping out to me. You know characters that I love, and I'll go to grab them, and then they'll cash me out, and it'll be like you know three hundred dollars, and I'm like, <laughs> what? He goes, oh yeah, yeah. Like pretty much half those books are all like eight ninety nine. Oh jeez! I go. Well, I'm sorry to do this, but uh, I'm going to put these back now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I go. I will. I will keep the Batman and detective and 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 the Joker and just you know put everything else back because well I've been buying those two magazines since 1972. So uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, I'm like, I'm not going to break the run. I hate to do it because I don't want to pay like eight or nine dollars for a book that uh, I may or may not read. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. Well, why do you keep buying them? I go, don't want to break the run. He goes, you do know you can buy bronze and silver age books that were like, you know, cover price 20 cents and up. Uh, that are worth twice as much as that for like five or ten dollars on the right sale. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
Never mind. Cancel yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> what do you get for back issues? Here's my list. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll export my list from CLZ and send it to you. Yes. <laughs> uh, and I'll take $100 worth at a time. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll just feel, you know, back, back when, you know, Margolin DC was still putting out good stuff, you know, like 20 years ago. And, uh, and even then, you know, you know, you'd go through like runs of a character that you loved, whether, you know, whether it was X-Men or, you know, Legion of Superheroes, Teen Titans, whatever, you'd go through a run of like six or seven issues that were just garbage. Uh-huh. Before you got to an arc that, wow, this is good. And <clears throat> I'm like, why did I buy all those? Yeah. <laughs> Man, if the internet was around back in the 90s, oh. the 90s craze never would have happened. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. All, all the... All the, the 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 bad issues of comic books would have been would have been known, and everybody would have just stayed away from them. Imagine all the threads that would have been, you know, on Reddit and all the other social media. Oh uh, yeah, about uh, Rob Liefeld not being able to draw the same pouches in the same place <laughs> on the same page from panel to panel. <laughs> Or or uh, or, or not be able to draw feet. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like it. Somebody took uh, a picture of him and photoshopped it, and basically put little tiny feet on him on like a picture of him like at a convention. <laughs> oh well, that explain this should explain everything. It just made a meme out of it. Yeah. I was I was like. Oh my god. I go, <coughs> I go, they should have covered him in pouches too. That would have yeah. just been perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man. <coughs> so yeah. uh tell us what the biggest learning curve was uh in making this book. Was it like, you know, the promotion and you know pushing it like you know every day like two or three times a day all you know any place that you could or you know was it just the actual process of uh scripting out a comic opposed to uh a novelization so i I would say like the you know writing the script wasn't uh wasn't as difficult as i thought it would be um yeah, I mean, it. it I, I did have to go through about. I was about four drafts of the script before it was before it was ready for ready for prime time. Because um, I, I, when I was writing that script out, it was it was you know fairly you know somewhat easy for me to do because the ideas were just flowing out of my head. And and I will say, like the the the, the process of of making the book with you know with Bogdan was actually you know Bogdan made it. Um, uh, very uh, Bogdan made it very easy because you know his his artwork is 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 incredible. So uh, there there not a whole lot for me to um, uh, 
to, to you know, I, I didn't have to, you know, you know, beat him over the head. Like he, he had a very good understanding of what I was looking for with, the, uh, with each page and each panel and, and in terms of how I wanted it to look. Um, <clears throat> I would say like some of the, a couple of the, of the mistakes that I made, um, probably early on was not doing the cover art first. Um, I only, you know, we, we didn't start on the cover art till about halfway through the book, the halfway through the book being finished. Um, and I, I should have done that in the first place, uh, which is some a mistake I'm going to, uh, I will be correcting with the next book. That's like the first thing I'm going to have Bogdan do is the cover art. Um, <clears throat> the other thing too, um, was not having a trailer made uh, before I launched the campaign because I didn't get the chain. I didn't get the trailer made till about halfway through the campaign was finished. So uh, I, I, I would say some of the most of the mistakes that I made were basically through the the, the promotion and and trying. You know, I, I could have done a a much better job of trying to get on as many streams as I possibly could to to promote the book. And you know, it was it was kind of hard to do because you know. It, it seemed like I hit like a period where a lot of people weren't doing a whole lot of promo streams. So that was part of it too. But really I, you know, it just, you know, mainly it was just, you know, uh, getting the word out and, you know, obviously, you know, like once or twice a day on Twitter, just sending out the link and, you know, saying, Hey, here's the book. And did you, did you have the i've noticed typically it, you know uh, a project will start off you know fairly good at the beginning and you get that big slump in the middle and then pick up a little bit towards the end again uh -huh. did, did you experience that or uh was did did you guys like basically fight tooth and nail until this past weekend um I, I would say probably more like the former than the latter. Um, when I, uh, when I launched the campaign, I mean, the project was already a third of the way funded, uh, within the first 24 hours. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So, um, but then, you know, after about, you know, like the, the first two or three days, it started to slow down quite a bit. And then, you know, there would be, you know, if, a few days here and there where I wouldn't get any new backers at all, uh, right in the middle. And then it wasn't, and then, you know, obviously in the last, you know, the last week of the campaign, it started picking up again. And I, I think I got about 20 or no, but 30 new backers in the last week. So. Well, that's, that's sweet. It picked up and, and crashed through so you can get the book made now. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and um, and it will be going uh, in demand too. So uh, if anybody missed the camp, missed out on the campaign, they'll be able to get it while it's in demand. And how long do you think you're going to keep it in demand for? Um, until uh, until fulfillment. Um, so I, I want to get the started on fulfillment in September. Fingers crossed. Um, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot that can happen in, in between now and then. Um, but, um, but I, I, I want to be able to do it till then. So it'll, 
Yeah, so it will probably it will stay in demand until until fulfillment, whenever that'll be. Hopefully, it'll be in that will be in September because I'm actually moving uh, in October, and I would I would really like to get the book out before before I have before I move. So, are you uh, staying fairly local to where you are, or you get no, a big move in this country? It's it's going to be a pretty good move. I mean, I'm going uh I'm in Texas right now and I'm going across the Gulf to uh to Florida. So Yeah. Hey, you're moving closer to me. What the hell? Oh, yeah. Hey. Well, not that close. I'm the other end of the coast, but Wow. It, it's closer. It's closer, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. Same you time know, zone, so. yeah. <clears throat> same, you know, same time zone and stuff. But yeah, you know, it's you know, it's not a it's not a bad place. And there's a really good store in Florida, in Central Florida, in the Orlando area, that oh, is a huge supporter of indie comics called the Collective. The Collective. Okay. Well, that's I, I'm I'm that's where I'm moving to or looking to move to is the Orlando area. So I'll I will be paying that place a visit yeah uh danny morales runs the uh the indie branch of of the store and uh they they do their own podcast so like uh if if they ordered like you know a bunch of this book off of you uh they would feature it and uh they would feature it and they would have you on a, on a show and probably have you in to do a signing. Ah, cool. Hey, Pops. Something happened with the, uh, with the share that was in the madness, so I had to reshare it uh, oh. a different way. Huh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, do, you, do you have this planned out for uh, an extended... Uh, you know, long haul run, or is it set up as a mini series, or what? Um, right now, it's probably going to be kind of a long haul run in terms of uh, having different stories. I mean, I've one of the things I've been working on for the last month or so is, uh, you know, along with the script for the next book, uh, is just plotting out different story ideas that I want to do. And I've got like, I mean, I've got like six or seven different stories that I looking to plan out so so uh this is going to be going for quite a while yeah yeah it could be going on for a few years hey steady employment yeah (laughs) your folks will be pleased yes (laughs) so uh how many uh how many issues do you have like the first story arc planned out for uh, so the first story arc is probably going to be at least two. Uh, I'm probably going to at least two, maybe three parts, mm-hmm. uh, depending, depending on how, uh, depending on how the editing process goes with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, each part will probably be anywhere from 48 to 56 pages. So it's a it's a nice meaty book too. So 
see. Piper will most likely be in touch with you about next week's popping episode. Sounds good. But uh, but yeah, Angels Awakening is basically going to be. Uh, it's I I, I kind of. Uh, I always say Angels Awakening is kind of like a prologue to this to the next story that I have uh, uh, planned up, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, or like um, like an OVA for an anime. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if you want to uh, share the uh, the campaign, sure. if you want to share the screen with me, I can. Uh, let you pop it up and you can you can walk us through stuff and absolutely people can, can see stuff. All right. Let me get that for you. Okay. Uh, let's see, there we go. I think it's there. Boink. Yeah, so uh, still got a few hours left in the campaign. Uh, it uh, closes at uh, I think it's 3 a.m. Eastern. <clears throat> so yeah, obviously we're just a little under $3,200. Uh, so doing really well. Um, I guess I could start by showing the trailer. Here. The life of a spy isn't as glamorous as I thought. But it isn't dull. Yes, it's going in demand, Pops. That's cool. Did you make the uh, trailer yourself? Uh, that was uh, his name is Caleb. Uh, he's in graded point fives, uh, graded point fives audience, and oh, uh, and that's uh, and that's Piper doing the voice of Jessica. Oh, cool! Yeah. So I didn't recognize her voice without giggles. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah so. Um, Angels Awakening. Uh, the the story is thirty two pages. Um, obviously, like like I said, it was written created by me. Uh, Bogdan was the artist on the book, and and uh, Eric Weathers, of course, lettered the whole thing. Which, of course, he letters everybody's books. It seems. Um, and you uh, on. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah. Um, like I said, 32 page story. The book is completely done. Uh, so like I said, the, you know, the fulfillment will probably happen fairly quickly. Uh, and like I said, fingers crossed, uh, you know, cause I've, you know, hear a lot of horror stories about people trying to fulfill and they, you know, something happens. So, uh, I'm just, I'll be praying that, uh, everything will go smoothly with, uh, with the fulfillment. But anyway, um, so the featured tier here, uh, this is, 
uh, all three covers. So you get uh, the main cover. That's uh, also the Virgin cover, and then the variant cover done by Carla. And let me just show. Probably easier to show it here. Here's the here's Carla's variant cover. Very oh, manga inspired. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, also too, if uh, if you're international or you just don't have the you know don't have that uh, the 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 cash uh, cash amounts uh, you can always get the the digital only tier which is at uh, ten dollars and <clears throat> you can also get each book uh, separately so you can get the main cover you can get the virgin cover and uh, and Carla's cover and you can also here here's the main cover and uh, obviously, you hear all the interior pages. I love the colors, man. Oh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. I think the, the words that came out of my mouth when I saw this page was were, uh, holy shit. <laughs> it's just amazing. Um. So uh, this tier here, uh, I really like the, this one. This is the the pennant poster tier. You can get uh, it, it, the poster is eleven by seventeen, and uh, and that also includes a copy of the book, the main cover of the book. Oh no! Um, you can just also get all uh, three books as well as uh, as the poster here. And uh, and I mentioned this on the last. Uh, the stream on Saturday, but uh, this is this still has not been claimed yet. If anybody wants it, this uh, drawn in tier, uh, original drawn in art tier. Wow, that's that. I'm surprised that nobody's claimed that because that's usually such a big, uh, you know, popular tier is to you know get into a book. Well, it's uh, not really getting into the book, but it's it's um, being drawn into a. a piece of art uh, it would be a, a basically a commissioned piece of art done by uh, drawn traditionally by bogdan it'll be you or somebody you know uh with uh with jessica oh that's cool yeah and uh so yeah the uh and i and as i mentioned before on saturday um bogdan really loves drawing action scenes so he had a he had an absolute ball drawing this uh, drawing this uh, chase scene on the motorcycle here, which um, I've mentioned before on other streams, but I don't think I'm, I don't think I mentioned it on Saturday was. But this uh, chase scene was largely inspired by um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. See, I like it already. Yeah, <laughs> classic influences. Yes. So, but, uh, but yeah, and, uh, and also too, um, the, uh, included with the book is also, uh, some bonus content, uh, basically like a mini art book. You're going to get, uh, pages that are, <clears throat> that have, uh, a lot of the lore of the universe that Angel's Awakening takes place in, as well as, you know, some, 
you know, really cool stuff about the the tech and gadgets that Jessica uses in the book, as well as uh, some concept designs, uh, concept art designs for the characters, and some short and brief bios of each one too of each character. And See, I like I like that when when a creator goes, you know, above and beyond, you know, to give you more in-depth look into the characters, especially uh, early on in a series. So you don't have to give away like everything, but you can, you know, you can hint away to, uh, you know, things that have happened in, in, in the past, you know, why they've gone, why they may or may not have gone down this path and, you know, stuff like that. I just, I just like, uh, you know, I like some depth in my characters. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, yeah, that having, uh, having uh, character depth is very important when you're trying to uh, have a, uh, when you're trying to craft a, uh, a well thought out narrative. Uh, Yeah. You don't want bland, boring characters. (laughs) Like, like we, like, like we have today. Oh yeah. Those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, She-Hulk is no longer She-Hulk. She's oh. actually just Hulk. I'm like, no, she's not. Oh, it's no. the Winter Hulk. I'm yeah. like, oh, we're going to do Planet Hulk all over again. Oh, go away. <laughs> it, it was, I, I, am, I am 100% not a fan of Donny Cates. Uh. So much so that... Uh, well, I, I, I may troll him once in a while on, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and all I have to do is hit hashtag in the letter I, and it comes up hashtag I hates the Cates. <laughs> and I mean, I've, I've loved the Hulk since I was a kid. You know, I, I grew up watching the, you know, Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrigno version of Hulk and, uh, and as soon as I heard that, you know, Ed was leaving Immortal Hulk and they were giving Hulk over to Donnie Cates, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so done. Yeah. You know, and I've loved this. His whole run of Immortal Hulk has been, you know, some of the best stories to come out of Marvel in like a decade. So, yeah. you know, I was. You know, I was very, I was excited from like issue to issue on it, and like, well, he's gonna leave and go do something else. We're gonna put him on this, and we're gonna get, we're gonna put him on Venom, and then we're gonna put the Venom crew on Hulk. <laughs> like Marvel, you fucking suck. <laughs> I go, yeah. I'm done. But on yeah. the plus side, I can go back and and you know grab you know anything i might be missing missing in my hulk run uh you know in like a store sale for probably like a buck a piece or something yeah. you know and i'm like well i had all these extra issues of uh you know a mortal hulk like i've got like five copies of number one i go well i know i'm selling them now <laughs> yeah out of spite i'm like yeah. no we're done yeah <laughs> yeah so, I- yeah yeah, I, I I like the bikini shot. Oh yes, yeah. Um, definitely, what I uh, 
was looking for with a with a pinout poster. Nice, uh, nice, sexy pick of Jessica in a, in a bikini. Uh, of course, this was uh, done by Bogdan. Uh, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, I I'm very uh, very pleased with how how the campaign went. Um, and, uh, and, uh, people and to the, the 87 backers who back this book, you will not be disappointed. Yeah, it's, I mean, you, you're starting, you're starting off on a good run. I mean, uh, Bogdan's a great artist and well, he can do everything. So, uh, all you have to do is write a story and then hand it over to him and you know, you're, you're well on your way. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about uh, what you're, you know, what or if you're going to do, uh, you know, trade collections down the road? Um, I, I am thinking about it uh, at some, you know, maybe do that at some point. Uh, depends on how things go. But uh, but yeah, I would I would love to do, um, you know, uh, a trade paperback or, or maybe even a hardcover. Uh, I would love to do a you know, have like a, like a hardcover collector's edition sort of thing with, you know, you know, like the, the first, you know, the, you know, like the, the entire, the entirety of the next uh, run on the next book and then maybe put Angel's Awakening in there with it. Um, but yeah, it, it uh, just, you know, wait and see. I love hardcovers. Yeah. You said hardcovers and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yes, man. I I, uh, another book I backed from the UK was uh, Rich Parada's uh, Incantessi. Mm. And I, he's like, well, I'm making it available in floppy and hardcover. I go, you had me at hardcover. Okay, yeah. <laughs> he's like, really? He goes, those cost more to ship. I go, I don't care. I don't care. I'm a hardcover whore. Yes. Because trades are great. Like if it's something that you just want to read and you're not concerned with what's going to happen afterwards, because, you know, eventually everybody, you know, the, the, the climate, no matter where you live, the, the, the corners of the trade are going to eventually start curling up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just going to, you know, it's just going to happen uh, w- with the hardcover. You can, uh, you know, open it up very nicely without breaking the spine and, you know, enjoy yourself reading it. And that way you have an excuse to be like, thank God I got the tear with the extra bookmarks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I've got uh, six books. In my parlor area, you know, in front of my TV with my recliner and everything, um, where I have like poop pyramids of comics stacked up everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but I've got I've got prose books that I'm reading, and I've got comics and graphic novels and trades that I'm reading. And I'm like, you know, it depends what mood I'm in. You know, I might want to read like, you know, some like some old school like. Uh, what if story? And I'll pick, you know, I'll I'll pick up the the prestige hardcover for that, and I'll you know I'll read some of that. 
uh, I might just be like, you know what? I want to go back and, you know, read a couple more chapters in this uh, Alan Moore book uh, that I've been reading since 2003. Uh, <laughs> and I only know that because the, the paper I used for a bookmark was uh, a, uh, uh, a printed out, you know, quote for page rates for a, for a place that I uh, advertised X. I was a I was a DJ for like thirty years, huh? and uh, and the quote was from two thousand and three. It said so at the top of the page. I'm like, oh good lord, I'm such a slow reader with these things. When there's no <laughs> pictures, you know, every once in a while you get to an area of the book where there's a whole bunch of like you know, comic work and and ads and you know, at ads that they reprinted that he, that he did stuff for. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, those pages go really quick because I'm excited to read comics inside because everything else is just words. I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm such a five-year-old. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I know I know pops had asked and I, I yelled out during the trailer that yeah it's going in demand relax yeah 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 yes yes uh, it's, yeah it's going in demand and I know uh, a friend of mine was looking at was looking at this that I do a I do another podcast with uh, of all things if you can believe it's called OK Boomer um, <laughs> we just look at like old you know gold and silver and bronze age books. Uh, every episode, we just go through them. You know, we'd read, we'll read the book and go through them, and and just talk about them with the chat and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looked at it and I said, "I go, you might like this because he's a huge uh, Alita fan. Like, uh, he ordered that like multi-purpose Alita statue that came out mm-hmm. the other year that kept getting delayed and delayed, and it, it, it was." It was a hot toy statue too, so it was probably like a grand. Yeah. Uh, but it's you know a fully posable statue. I go, that's an action figure that you can't play with. <laughs> He's like, and, and he took pictures and he posted them on me. He goes, he was, but I go, I know it looks awesome. I'm jealous. I hate you. Shut up. <laughs> now look at this book. He goes, ooh, I like that. It reminds me of Alita. I'm like, okay, well, make sure you watch the episode after work tomorrow that I'm taping tonight because uh, I'm talking to the writer and you still might be able to get a copy. Yeah. Like, it's going to demand so you can still order it so he'll be happy. Uh, Pops might still be able to, to get himself a copy. Yes. And... Uh, I will, you know, I will have to wait until uh, Thursday to uh, to order a copy. So, you know, I will be getting the in-demand version. Yeah, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's that's awesome. Th- appreciate it. Well, you know, I got I got to buy your first book. You know, yeah. you know, in ten years from now, you could be the next Jeff Lemire. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So make sure you sign all the books, you know, because, you know, signed books are worth more money. Uh, 
Well, yeah, well, you know, if um, I just like I, I, I just like getting my indie book signed. Yeah. Well, uh, um, if we if uh, that's actually one of the stretch goals down here. Uh, if we get to 10K, I will sign every book. Oh. OK, quick. Eight hours. Everybody buy this book. Yes. <laughs> I want a free signature. <laughs> Well, if I ever see you any anywhere, I, I will I will be, happily sign a copy for you. Well, we're both up on the East Coast, and you're going to have to start doing conventions. That's true. Yeah. Are you going to uh, after the movie? You planning on uh, any Florida cons? I, I haven't looked into any yet, but I, you know, I, I could always do that. Yeah. Because I know I know Megacon's coming up in about a month or so, and that's like that's like one of the bigger ones around the Orlando area. Mm. And I know uh, a bunch of uh, creators that usually go to that. Uh, one that I actually used to uh, write for on his webpage. I used to interview bands for him, and uh, you know, write up re- reviews and interview. Do like I'm doing now, but you know. Having a you know typey typey type type, uh, yeah. I, I like it. I like it better now that I just have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, he's usually they usually he's he moved to Ohio with his family, but they they fly him in every year as a guest. Huh. You know, so and I know a lot of people down there. CB CBCS uh, is one of the sponsors of that con. I only know that because I know somebody that used to work for him and uh, volunteers to work for him every time the convention comes around so he can get in for free. (laughs) Just little tricks I picked up along the way. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, this looks great. Um, Congratulations on getting your first project uh, off the, uh, off the ground in, and soon to be in uh, a minimum of at least 90 hands. Yes. So I figure between now and next week, probably st- still get like a few more people getting it on uh, on in demand. And that's the next thing you have to push is, hey, it's now in demand. Get it before it's gone. 30 mm-hmm. days only, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it, ne- it never ends. It, you, you got to keep that hustle up twenty four seven, all the all the time, you know. And then when you start working on the uh, on the next book, then you know you, uh, the circuit starts all over again, and yeah. it's it's a lot of work, but I think it's I think it's worth it, uh, you know, just to have you know just to have the and this way you you have like direct contact with. With the fans, you'll have people telling you, you know, how much they love the book and, uh, you know, that they've they've hung that uh, bikini print up on the ceiling of their bedroom and, <laughs> you know, different things like that. I mean, oh, yeah, this whole thing looks great. And I can tell you congratulations because uh, yeah. the last couple of years there's been uh, – 
sadly been many disappointed people that you know just fell short mm-hmm. uh we uh pops and i did a countdown show for somebody uh who's 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 a great writer and he's had many successful uh crowdfunders but he had of course the one that i'm on doing the countdown show <laughs> uh he fell like 60 dollars short oh and none of none of us had like you know any money left on, on any of our credit cards to just be like here donate yeah, Boom. yeah. <laughs> you know so mm. but congratulations thank you for coming out thank here you. and uh and chatting up uh, nerd and goofy stuff on top of uh, Angels Awakening. And uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you so they can they can follow you and keep up to date on all your work. Uh, so the best place to find me is on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter uh, handle's on the screen there, uh, at, Daniel, uh, at Daniel Parker, uh, Daniel underscore Parker 63. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, uh, dparker6385, and you can find me here on YouTube. Uh, just look for that avatar right there. Uh, every uh, Actually, it'll be tomorrow night. Uh, and Tuesday nights, I do a live stream uh, with my uh, live stream partner, uh, DB Fastbinder, also known as Darth Bobcat. It's called Tuesdays with Story, and we just talk about... Uh, different writing concepts and basically give out writing advice to people who, uh, who need any help uh, with the, with writing. So very cool. And all those links are included in the show notes, either up above or down below, depending on where you're watching us. And uh, that's going to wrap up another episode of creators outlet. Uh, Thank you very much. And we will see you next time. Thank you guys. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it.